Do you know what I use to record these podcasts? It's Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or a computer. It's all really, really easy. It's all really intuitive. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast. Hi, welcome to Sports and Other But Sports for Monday, February 10th, 2020, brought to you by the great people at Today's Dentistry, Dr. Mike O'Neill, the best there ever was. I'm telling you, as a dentist, he is absolutely the best. you got to call him, make an appointment, do it now, 317-849-2933. I've been a patient for 26 years. I know what the hell I'm talking about. Call Dr. Mike O'Neill and make an appointment, 317-849-2933. I want to talk about Indiana University basketball. It's it's been top of mind over the last few days. A terrible loss at Assembly Hall to Purdue. In the middle of that, Bob Knight returned to Assembly Hall with a bunch of his former players. Today on the radio at noon, Dan Dockich was talking about Bob Knight's return, what it meant to him, which was really virtually nothing. But I think it was a really interesting radio show, in particular the interview with Uwe Blop, who played center for Indiana during the early and mid-'80s, and how they described their feelings and how they compared their feelings and how they remembered Bob Knight back in the-'80s for Dan. He was there for 16 years, and for people being critical of Dan and his perspective on Bob Knight, look, he spent 16 years with Bob Knight. If there is anybody in the world who has earned a unique perspective on Bob Knight and Indiana basketball, it's Dan Dockage. Okay, so stop crapping on Dan. If he doesn't want to deal with Bob Knight, that's what he wants to do, and he's earned the right to do it or not to do it or whatever the hell he wants to do. He and Uve talking to each other about what has been a, a degradation of the importance of the Indiana basketball product over the years. Really, really interesting that Indiana purposefully at the time of Bob Knight's ouster from Indiana, was really trying to de-emphasize basketball and make the university more about the university and less about the basketball program. I think that's really interesting, and I wonder if that's why Indiana has continued to languish uh, among kind of the, the mediocres of the Big Ten. And this will be, unless they get their ass in gear like right the hell now, this is going to be year four in a row that Indiana hadn't been to the NCAA tournament. If they wanted Indiana to be irrelevant from a basketball perspective and very relevant, I guess, in comparison as a university, because how could they not be? I guess mission accomplished. So can we go back to being what it was? Can we find a way to get Indiana back to being relevant? What Dan said in his open is absolutely appropriate and true, that you got to hold guys accountable. If you put on a shit show like they did the other day at Assembly Hall when Purdue visited, if you play that kind of basketball, if you play the kind of basketball that they did when they were on the road recently for a couple of games, you know what? Somebody's got to be held accountable. Whether it's assistant coaches, whether it's players, whomever, you've got to hold people accountable on some level. You cannot go in to game after game after game after game with virtually the same rotation. I know they moved Devontae Green back out of the bench, but they continue to start the same guys, bring the same guys back off the bench. Green comes in off the bench. It's absolutely crazy. Look, if you don't care about playing basketball at Indiana, don't play basketball at Indiana. You don't have to. Because of the, the Student Athlete Bill of Rights, you get to stay in school. 
If you remain in good academic standing, you get to keep your scholarship if you want to. So go ahead and do that if you don't care about playing basketball. It is so easy to tell the difference between a team that cares, uh, players who care about playing the game versus players who do not care about playing the game and do not care about the results. It is so simple to see that, and that's exactly what we're seeing at Indiana. We're seeing a bunch of guys who are going through the motion, feel no sense of collective purpose, feel no sense of love for one another or love for the game. Love of basketball is an easy thing to discern as you watch guys play. Who's in a stance, right? Who's blocking out? Who's staying between their guy and the bucket? Who is giving up the ball for a better shot to somebody else? Who's doing all that stuff? That's easy to watch. Basketball is so, you cannot hide a bad attitude on a basketball court. And Indiana has some guys with okay attitudes, and they have guys with bad attitudes. And sadly, they're being defined by the guys with bad attitudes. So here's the thing about basketball, too. If you've got 13 guys on scholarship, and I know Indiana doesn't have 13 this year. They've got 11. All right, so they've got 11 guys on scholarship. And if you've got one or two who are not ponying up and, and are not lifting. You need all the guys to lift each other up. If you've got a couple of guys pulling down, you have a substantial problem that needs to be corrected. And I don't think that Archie Miller has, in fact, I know that Archie Miller hasn't done all that's necessary to correct what needs to be corrected. Now, the question is whether that's Archie Miller's decision or not. Is that Archie? Is that the student-athlete Bill of Rights? Is that Fred Glass is the athletic director saying, hey, listen, you're going to have to do it with the guys you got. We're not running people out. We are not doing that, all right? Maybe it's, maybe it's that. Maybe casting all the blame on Archie Miller is, is unfair to Archie Miller. I don't know. We never get to know what the hell's going on in, in Indiana at Indiana University basketball, and I think that's a problem, too that Indiana's got this bunker mentality where nobody gets to spend time one-on-one with anybody. You go up to Michigan State, and, and you after games, you get to go in the locker room and talk to the players, right? You go up like this afternoon. Purdue had a media availability. You go up there, you can talk to Matt Painter one-on-one. You can have a conversation with him. You can have conversations with the players. You go to Butler to one of their media availabilities, and I'm there all the time. You can have an online or offline conversation with anybody without being monitored by anybody. They trust the media, and the players understand their role, and they have been, I, I, I don't think coached is even the right word, but they've been, they know how to behave with the media, but it doesn't seem like they've been coached. They don't give pre-programmed answers ever. Laval Jordan is a real dude. You can talk to Laval Jordan and have a conversation and find out what the hell he's doing. He goes on the radio. Matt Painter goes on the radio. Fran McCaffrey, for God's sake, came on the radio in Indianapolis. You hear more from Big Ten coaches outside this state on the radio than you do inside this state, at least among the Big Ten schools. You never hear, almost never hear Archie Miller on the radio. Why? 
Why is that? Is that Indiana trying to hide something? Is that Archie Miller trying to hide something? Is that Archie Miller just being indifferent to the media? Is that Archie Miller being somebody who who doesn't want to put himself in a position where he feels like he has to share stuff in the media? Hell, I don't know. But Indiana's behavior with the media is entirely unique in my experience. I think it's bad mojo. I don't think it's good for the kids. I don't think it's good for the program. I don't think it's good for Archie Miller. In the absence of a narrative being advanced from Bloomington, what you're going to have is a narrative being advanced from others, right? So you've got people. Some of them know a whole lot about basketball. Not Some of them don't know anything about basketball, but they've all got an opinion, and it's very hard to argue with any of them because we don't get anything out of Bloomington that would contradict it. That's just silly, and I think it's weak, and I think it reflects an insecurity. I don't like it. With, with football, Indiana football, so I don't think it's an athletic director type thing or an athletic department thing. When I would go down and cover Indiana football, I got to talk to Tom Allen all I wanted. I got to talk to Kevin Wilson all I wanted. I did an hour with Kevin Wilson once, split it up into five 12-minute segments, played it for a week. He was fantastic, very forthcoming in terms of how he wanted to lead uh, Indiana football players. Absolutely forthcoming, very transparent, really good stuff. I don't know why Indiana basketball doesn't do it. I think it's ridiculous. And, And I think that not holding players accountable for the level of basketball that's being played at Indiana and has been played at Indiana for now the fourth year in a row, I think it's absolutely patently absurd. I don't understand it. And I think that people in this state deserve answers. We, as we hear from the Pacers all the time, we grow basketball here. On Saturday night, the Pacers honored Bob Knight and Gene Cady. A lot of people came out, huge ovations for the coaches, and, and it was wonderful. Basketball means a hell of a lot in the state of Indiana, and that the state university is not willing to participate in talking about their program, I think it's a problem. And I think that when we watch that team play, like we're going to watch them on Thursday night at Simon Scott Assembly Hall, and we're going to say, okay, you know what, Uh, who are these guys going to be tonight? We know what they were against Purdue. We know what they've been in the road games that they've played and some of the home games. Some Good good effort. You know what? The game against Florida State, the game against uh, Michigan State, good, good, right? But a few games, really, really bad. No effort, no execution, and they look like it. And they lose, and it's not even competitive. That can't be allowed to stand. So who's going to be punished? Who's going to be disciplined for this? And, and for this reason, I kind of hope for a kind of a fresh start in the athletic department position. I think Fred Glass has been a terrific athletic director. i got to be honest. I think what he's done with football, what he's done with facilities, what he's done with soccer and women's basketball, and, and the Student Bill of Rights, the Excellence Academy, all these things, wonderful initiatives that Fred um, you know, championed, enacted, made a reality and benefit student-athletes at Indiana University. I think his legacy is, for, is secure forever. But I think the basketball, we need, we need a different set of eyes 
on basketball. We need somebody to come in from the exterior and say, hey, you know what? Basketball is king around here. We have got to be the dominant program, not just in the state of Indiana, but in the Big Ten and in this Big Ten footprint. When people think of this footprint, they got to think of Indiana University. This is how we market ourselves. When freshmen come to IU, we want them to come to the gift shop and get a pair of candy stripes. That's what we want to have happen. We want basketball to be to Indiana what football is to Alabama. That's what we want. I think it would be great to have an athletic director who sees the university and the position of athletic director at IU through that prism. I think that would be a really good thing. And who better at that than Chris Reynolds? I think Reynolds would be an unbelievably, he's crazy smart. He's worked in the athletic department. He played basketball at a high level. I think it makes all kinds of sense. I'd love to see that happen. I think we're going to be able to see with Indiana University exactly what their priorities are by who gets that job as athletic director. I think it's going to be fascinating. Also fascinating, tonight we're going to see the Pacers take on the Nets. We spoke to Nate McMillan a little bit earlier today. We asked Nate, what has to happen tonight and moving forward to straighten this thing out? No, we, have to, we really have to establish ourselves it's almost like starting over, uh, you know, with uh, Victor being in that starting lineup uh, for the first time, playing with Warren and Malcolm and all of those guys. You know, Lamb moving to the bench and uh, coming off uh, with the bench. You know, the bench has been different all season long. So really it's us establishing ourselves, establishing that first unit, as well as trying to establish a second unit now. Uh, you know, with uh, the rotations that we we have. Did you foresee this? Oh, yeah. I mean, we knew Victor was coming back. So, uh, yeah, we absolutely uh, saw this and knew this would would happen. Yeah. What what have you seen from uh, T.J. McConnell? What has he added to your He's done a good job of uh, really uh, establishing – uh, that second unit, uh, I think he's done a good job of uh, uh, giving that team an identity. Uh, you know, they, they play fast. Uh, you know, I've had him out there with shooters, um, with uh, Doug and Justin and Aaron at times. And uh, he has been able to establish that second unit, uh, you know, changing the tempo of the game uh, when he comes in. You guys, in terms of, you know, I know you've been talking a lot about staying in front of the ball and stopping the ball. Mm-hmm. You guys' identity has been getting stops, particularly in key situations yeah. the last few years. Um, is it a matter of, uh, is, it, is, that, is it one-on-one defense, or are you looking at it as a team defensive concept of the whole rotation? And it's both. You know, it's, 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 it's certainly, it starts with you covering your man, but if you have breakdowns, you got to have, uh, rules and principles in place, and uh, so it's 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 not one or the other. It's both. Uh, it starts with you trying to control that ball um, out on the perimeter and keep the ball in front. And uh, if there is a breakdown, weak side has to be in the paint to help. It's, it's not something. It's no surprise. It's not something new. Uh, it's something we've done, and um, we we haven't done it lately. Uh, or done it well enough lately. So it's not, this is nothing new or, you know, this is <laughs> defense 101. And, uh, uh, you know, you finish that up with boxing out and rebounding. And, uh, 
you know, we've had breakdowns uh, in all of those areas. Is that just something that happens over the course of an 82-game season? You kind of, you got high tides, you got low tides? Well, yeah, it can, yeah, and I think that's what's happening with us right now. Uh, and we just had some breakdown um, uh, in some games, and we've dropped those games, and we got to get it back, you know. Uh, we got to fix it, and uh, that part, that you know, part of that is, uh, you know, getting on the same page out there and, um, and uh, establishing yourselves, as we've done. We've done that this season. You know, you're going to have slippage uh, during the course of a season. And, um, you know, we've, we've had a, some slippage. We've had some changes. And it's, it's just a matter of us continuing to work uh, to correct those, those, uh, those uh, mistakes. And I saw you used Edmund last game, I guess, you trying to get some length and some speed in defense. Does he still factor into this rotation? Everybody factors. If you put on a uniform, you factor into the rotation. Uh, everybody has to have themselves uh, ready to go. What have you seen from Brooklyn recently? It's another team that's playing fast. You know, they, they play fast. Uh, they get up and down the floor. It's a t- another attack and kick team uh, that's going to challenge your, uh, your defense to keep them in front. Um, and, um, you know, they, they, they play fast. You know, defensively, um, you know, they mix in some zone. Uh, they switch a lot. Um, you know, so, again, it's, it's pretty much what we've seen in the last couple games. Uh, fast team, small ball, uh, shoot a lot of threes, uh, can put up points. And, uh, you know, they try to establish that tempo. Again, that's Pacers Nets tonight, 7 o'clock, Fox Sports Indiana. Hey, Pacers are favored by like six points over the Nets. Pacers have lost five in a row. I don't know. At some point, obviously, they're going to break that streak. But the way they've played over the last couple of weeks, you know what? Pacers minus six is not a bet I would make. In fact, I might do the inverse if I were you and I, if I were of a, a gambling mentality. Of course, I'm not because I get too wrapped up in the game. And to care about the game, I don't need to have a financial investment in it. So I kind of stay away. Gambling on things like this, it kind of ruins my night when I lose. And, and that's not the kind of personality that should be, uh, should be an enthusiastic participant in wagering on sports. Hey, tomorrow morning, breakfast with Kent, bright and early, 8 o'clock on Facebook Live, about 8.15 right after the Facebook Live edition on Twitter and on Periscope. I cannot wait to talk to you then. All brought to you by the great people at Today's Dentistry. My God, Dr. Mike O'Neill, what he does with a uh, one of those little things that picks at teeth. you never seen anything like it. So dexterous. Give him a call, 317 317- 849-2933. Today's dentistry, it's not just Dr. Mike, it's the entire staff. They're wonderful. Join me tomorrow morning.